black, all black, every I'm home like I listen to music when I'm in the shower sometimes um but or some every now and then like in the morning but not really okay not really I love music so I listen to music a lot really uh, yeah like I feel like my music hasn't gone down in the pandemic my music listening mm -hmm. but I know a lot of other people's have I can understand it do you um like do you play music like for background like is it kind of always on yeah like i'll play music when i wake up like 7 30 mm. play some music put on the headphones um in the shower i'll bring my bluetooth speaker right in the car yeah some people aren't like that though some people don't listen to music right right i think that's wild it's um, a little creepy mm -hmm. i had um my phone was actually i did not have a phone for 11 days and the thing I hated the most about it was driving and having to listen to the radio. My ears. That's that's slavery. Yes. <laughs> it was horrible. Like listening to the same song on every single station every five minutes, it was it killed me. I, I'm so excited that I can listen to my music again. It's so repetitive. It's so repetitive. Yeah, like it's crazy. And then you change the station. And the same song is on. The same song is playing. That's just that's just what happens. Um, so like it was just announced that um, um, Ti and Young Jeezy are gonna do a versus in November. What do you think about that? Hmm. Interesting. They're both. I would say like two of the top five trap trap kings. Mm -hmm. Like as far as history will show. Right. But um I'm not too excited. Why? Honestly. Why? I'm not I'm not the hugest TI fan. Yeah. Like I used to be back when he had like rubber band man, twenty mm -hmm. fours. I love song, TI. Songs like that, but I feel like he's been kinda he's kinda deteriorated with time. Hmm. I guess I can agree a little bit, but I feel like his music just doesn't get um recognition as much as it used to because like there was a time when he was like on top of the world um with live oh, your yeah. life and or like the um what was it the king album right right what you know about that and stuff like that but i i loved his last album and i haven't listened to the libra album but i i've heard very good things about it okay yeah i i, I wasn't i feel like he's so and I, not that I, like, love Young Jeezy or, like, not that I like Young Jeezy more. I would say that I like more T.I. songs. Mm -hmm. But T.I., I'm just not excited for. Like, I, I didn't check out this new album. Um, what, it's called Libra. What is that? Yeah, you know, I, the think acronym? It's called, I think it's called Libra Man or Libra Woman. I think or... no, it stands for uh, Law. It's, like, something about Atlanta. Something oh, about... okay. Yeah, it's like an acronym for... And he's also a Libra, so I guess that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't like Libras. I don't know if you're into astrology, but I'm, I kind of know about astrology a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't be liking Libras. Really? Yeah. I don't really have, like... There's not <laughs> There's not really a, a person or a, um, a sign that I really don't mess with. I just feel like... Sometimes I feel like people are people. 
And true. Yeah, like so I don't really I never really meant a sign that I really even if I I attribute a, a characteristics to a sign, it's because of one person. It's not because tons of people. Um, in my case. Mm. But you don't mess with Libras. Nah, because I feel like whenever I don't like a celebrity, I'll Google them and I'll look at the Wikipedia. <laughs> and it'll always be, they'll always be born like the end of September, early October. And that's, I, wait, no, the end of... Uh, You're right. For Libra season? Yeah, yeah the end of September, uh-huh. early October. And I'll be like, yo, this person's a Libra too. And like, I won't even be surprised because... <laughs> It's just it's just been so many instances, especially Libra women. I'll, it's like, damn, like I I just feel like I, I won't end up with a Libra woman. I know that. That's crazy. Um, that's but I'm ex- I'm excited for this versus, but I don't I don't necessarily like the matchup. Um, I love Young Jeezy just as mu- just as much as I love Ti. I might like Ti a little bit more, but I just feel like um, Ti has more way more mainstream records. Um, and he's gonna, Jeezy's gonna lose. Um, not because his music is worse or not as good, but T.I. has big records. Like he has huge, he got records with Rihanna, um, Kanye West, Jay Z, Justin Timberlake. Like he's he's going to win. Um, but I guess it'll be cool entertainment. Now, I agree. Like, I'm taking my bias out of it, I think that T.I. definitely will smoke him. Right. Like, I feel like, like, yeah, T.I. has too many songs. Too right. many songs. Like, what's what's Young Jeezy going to play when T.I. puts on uh, anything from the King album? Right, right. Like... It's going to be hard. And and Jeezy has, like, a lot of records that I love, like, but it's just... It's not. Especially with the audience that versus attracts, it'd it be random people. Like, people that don't know nothing about music. Like, they're going to ride with T.I. Mm-hmm. But anyway, welcome to the This Is 30 podcast. I'm your host, Jernique. Happy Monday to all of you beautiful people out there. And if you are listening for James' voice, you're not going to hear it because he is not here. Um, today, I have a special guest with me by the name of David, a.k.a. Tampain. So say what's up. What's up? <laughs> um, how are you doing? Uh, I can't complain, you know, just trying to stay alive, um, stay healthy. Right, right. Through these crazy times, right? These crazy times, exactly. Um, so David is, I, w- I guess I could call him like a cousin of mine. You know, Africans, I don't know if other like West Indians or other cultures, you guys, like everybody's your uncle. <laughs> like everybody's your uncle, everybody's your auntie. That's your parents' friends. Um, so David's not really my cousin, but um, we like grew up in the same circle um, I refer to his parents as auntie and uncle or whatever the case may be. And um, he has a podcast called... Unemployable. Um, which is spelled very uniquely. Yes. Um, can you um, tell me why you spell unemployable? And guys, for you guys listening, it's spelled unemployable with a B-U-L-L at the end. Yeah. The mascot is a bull. Like, I even got the logo to fit the name. Um, But why did I name it that? Honestly, originally, it was because I was going through some job problems. Okay. And it's like, yo, like, no one's going to hire me. Like, 
I don't know what I have to do to get hired. And then just to play into that, like just my own struggles, I named the podcast Unemployable because it's like I can't get a job. Like it, it is what it is, but I might as well talk my bullshit. Like, you know how a lot of people, they're worried about what they say on Twitter, on, um, on social media, just because of uh, potential job prospects and whatnot. Right. I was just making it, like, so I wouldn't care about any of that. Like, it's not, like, the deepest thing, but that's basically the idea behind it. Just me talking my bullshit. I talk about current events. Um, just anything that piques my interest, you know what I mean? Okay. And I think something that's cool, um, when did you start potting first? Um, actually I started in 2016. I would do like, I would do like one podcast a month for, I did that for about half a year. Okay. And then I took, I took like a three and a half year break. Like I was just a deadbeat for... Three, three and a half years. When you say deadbeat, what like what caused your hiatus from potting? Uh, I'm just so creatively all over the place. Like, I did music. Okay. So I always felt like that was weird. Like being a podcaster and a music, like a musician too, because mm-hmm. I'm critiquing music on my podcast sometimes. Okay. And as a musician, I felt like that was kind of a contradiction. Because I know how hard it is for uh, artists to come up with ideas and to actually release their content into the world. So like I like so criticizing it and making my own, I always felt like that was weird. So when I wasn't doing the podcast, I was probably doing music. And when I wasn't doing music, I would go back to the podcast or like at least think about it. Okay. It's yeah, I'm just kind of creatively scattered. And what type of like music were you doing? Was it like producing or rapping or? Um, I would say singing slash rapping. Okay. Like, I had like a little success. I wouldn't say anything crazy, nothing crazy at all, actually. Um, but you know, I was just doing my thing on SoundCloud. I was definitely like a SoundCloud artist. Nice. During like. 20- I didn't know this. You didn't? No, I didn't know this. I got to hear some of your stuff. You never heard my song about Android phones? <laughs> oh. Really? Like, it's I like I implement humor into my music. So, like, I had, like that's kind of how I got it started. Like, I was doing podcasts, and then I was like, yo, I just kind of want to do something a little different. And then I made a song about one of the topics I was going to talk about on my podcast. Okay. So, like, I did a song about Bill Cosby. At the uh, peak of this was this was during like the trial and whatnot. I did a song about Bill Cosby. People hit me back. They were like, "Yo, this is hot." I did a song about something else. I forget. And then there were jokey joke songs. And then I finally did my first real song about Android phones, and it was just about like you want me to tell you like yeah yeah yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> it was called "Why You Gotta Treat Me Like an Android," and. <laughs> This was back when I wouldn't buy Apple products. Like I was just stubborn. I always felt like there was other alternatives. Right. Like everybody like I just like if I see some if I see everybody doing something, you don't want I'm going to do, do the opposite. Okay. Like I didn't have an iPhone until like the 6 plus or whatever or like the 6s. But um yeah, this was a song about just the struggles of having an Android and trying to get at girls cuz 
you got green text bubbles and they're not trying to respond to you the same way as they would somebody with blue bubbles with blue bubbles <laughs> and it, it was just about the struggles that I, I was going through and it was a heartfelt song you know it was from the heart <laughs> um I noticed that like you use humor a lot even like when I listen to your podcast you're very humorous like your recent episode um where you pretended to be like a uh Who's who's um, Clayton Bigsby? Like I feel like, like it was your version of Clayton Bigsby. Yeah, um, I feel like what was his name? I think I I just tried to pick a, I just tried to pick a really racist white name. I think it was Roger Pickett. Right, right. Something like that. Um, and so is like comedy your like release or a good form of like expression for you? For sure. Like I've even tried stand up. Really? Um, yeah, for a little bit, like maybe a year. I was doing like spot little open mics here and there in the city and um How was that process? Were you like nervous? Uh I say like the first 30 seconds cuz you have to do 5 minutes. Okay. I would say like the first 30 seconds is nervy. You know, you got to get the you got to shake it out, but after that it's it's not too bad. Um Damn. damn. I never I never broke down. I wouldn't say I'm Chappelle, but you know, my name is Dave, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that good yet. I I would say I was I was decent though. Like, I, okay, you know, I'm, you're very funny on your podcast. Um, you crack me up. Um, very you, much so. You. But this is the This Is Thirty podcast, so I need you to tell the listeners your age. I am two years away from thirty. I'm twenty eight. Damn. So how do you feel about being? two years away from 30 like do you have because the this is 30 podcast is basically a podcast that is trying to slash dice and throw away the themes that are related to turning 30 like you know having your life together being married having kids six figures in the bank account etc etc so how do you feel now that you're approaching 30 way different than i thought i would feel at say 21 or 22 like i'm single as hell um I, I i don't make seven figures um you know what i mean like you know like all those like fantasy things that right. you kind of think about when you're maybe in college or you're not like the real world hasn't hit you yet so um it's interesting like i feel like i still have time to do stuff but at the same time you see people your age or younger doing stuff and it's like oh damn like i i right. need i need a rush or you know right. i need to step my game up so you know it's a balance as far as mentally trying to navigate you know these last couple years of my 20s um but do you feel like like so like when you were in your early 20s i'm sure 30 looked like such a mature age um do yeah, you thought, still feel that way i thought 30 was kind of old like right and it's fucked up. Can I? I can curse on this podcast, yes, you, right? You can curse. Uh, not <laughs> like your like your students listen to this or something like that. <laughs> I forget. Um, but it's kind of fucked up because I thought. Wait, I lost my I lost my track. Um, we were talking about being thirty or the looking at the age thirty. Yeah, I just thought thirty was so far off, and I feel like the past maybe from like twenty four to twenty seven flew by so 
it's 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 weird. Like I'm not I'm not as afraid of it as maybe I was back then, because I kind of thirty seems old, but it's like. Once you're actually there, I mean, I'm sure you could speak on it. You yes. re- you realize that it's you still don't have your shit together completely. Bruh. It's and and what's messed up is that like people will make you feel like you're supposed to have your shit together by 30 and then somebody like age 45 will die and they'll be like, "Oh my god, that's so young." Right, right. That's so young and it's like, "Yo, what? I'm Right. You're I'm judging here. me for <laughs> Yeah, like I'll hear like a 60-year-old die of coronavirus and people will be like, "Yo, he had years left." You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like I'll be here like you know, stressing out over my own you know, my own little quibbles in my right. head and it's it's not even worth it no for real like it that's that's crazy that you brought that up like when people people die at like 40 or blah 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 and here we are some of us we look at 30 and we're like damn i haven't done anything like i need to get it together i need to make sure i fix my life um but i think that it's cool that um us as a generation especially the millennials we're being like more open about our struggles um or just open about the fact that we don't have to live up to this facade like um we don't have to um pretend or like fake like we have it all together it is what it is like everything happens when it's supposed to happen for whoever it's supposed to happen for you know mm-hmm. um can't compare right comparison you kills it, it it really does um i'm i haven't learned that lesson completely yet but i think i'm like at 80 percent. i still struggle you know when i see when i see somebody engaged getting engaged i'll be like you hate dear lord it's me again <laughs> Damn. dear lord it's me again um um but i'm i'm happy for people but I feel like when you see you certain hating. things, you, you hate. You hate. <laughs> I don't be hating. I just be like wondering when is my time. Um, but you really have to like, you know, it is. It's gonna happen for you when it's supposed to happen for you. Um, but anyway, although we're like being lighthearted right now and um talking about thirty woes, um, in the world or around the world, there's some serious stuff happening. And I really wanted to talk to you about, um, I wanted to talk to you about us African first generation kids. Um, and well, I, not necessarily us African first generation kids, but I wanted to talk about the issues that are going on in Africa from a first generation perspective. So is that okay with you? Uh, sorry, it's taking a sip. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so as we know, um, this week, uh, or maybe for the past two weeks, um, this SARS, uh, and SARS, uh, hashtag and movement has been very rampant on social media. Have you seen a lot of that? For sure. For sure. You know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, wherever I'm sure I'm, I don't use Facebook, but I'm sure on Facebook too. Everywhere it's it's deep, right? And what do you like? What do you think about? Because I didn't tell the listeners, but you're half Cameroonian, half Nigerian. Yes. Um. So what do you think about um this SARS issue that's become so uh I guess popular or I guess visual for us to see? You know. Yeah, um, huh. 
I guess from my perspective, I'm thinking like if I was living in the country and I was going through some of the same issues. Well, I mean, there's issues here as well, being a young black person, because that's what, you know, the SARS unit is targeting, young black people. Um, so, you know, just trying to put myself in those shoes. Oh, sorry. Just trying to put myself in those shoes is um, is what I've been doing, because it's, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. Like, there are issues with police here, right. but... You don't hear about um, you don't hear about young people being driven to the ATMs by cops. Like it's bad here. Like people get killed and whatnot. But I feel like the global the I don't even know if I'm making sense right now. But I feel like the global uh, the global problem might even be worse. Okay. Like I feel like the SARS issue might be worse than what's going on here. Right. So just trying to just trying to put myself in those shoes is has been what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I I have a lot to to vent about when it comes to SARS. Um, one being that um, I feel like the whole Africa as a whole is is under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of pressure, like a uh, corruption filled pressure. Um, so like for me when I first heard about SARS or when I first saw um, it trending on social media, I was very taken aback um, because I'm not very, I don't trust the media um, at all. Um, So I was just trying to figure out how this made it to my timeline. I'm like, how did this make it to my timeline? And in my head as a Cameroonian, although, you know, Nigeria shares a border and I love them. um, I was thinking like, damn, Cameroon has had our issues for like the past four or five years with the Anglophone crisis. Yeah. And I really haven't heard about that. So I'm not going to front. I was a little selfish. Um, and when I saw and SARS and all these celebrities are posting about it, I'm like, damn, Cameroon been dealing with this. And there's tons of other countries that's been dealing with other stuff for longer. How did this issue make it to the forefront? Okay. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I know what you mean. But Nigeria kind of is that. The, I guess the most popular right. or like the most renowned West African country there is. It is. So their issues are more likely to be like um, be promo- if, you know, and that's rare too, you know, the fact that an African issue has been, has gotten this much coverage in American media. Um, but I, I'm not too surprised. Like Cameroon is right there, but at the same time, I don't feel like we have such a global presence, at least a presence in America. We don't. We don't. It's like, you, you know about Nigeria. Like, there's Nigerians in, in sports, in media, right. in, in different aspects. Cameroonians aren't as popular. I would agree there. However, the only issue I have is that I feel like, like I said prior, um, corruption riddles a lot of African nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so what SARS is, is basically a, um, a police force that was designed, right, to help solve crime. But they have uh, instead been infiltrated by corruption and doing crazy things like kidnapping, killing, and going way, way past their jurisdiction to get shit done. 
Like, but my issue is like that type of behavior riddles a lot of African countries. Um, like just naturally. And I'm not saying that that makes it okay, nor am I saying that because uh, Nigeria is gaining coverage for it, then it shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be um, paid attention to. Okay. I'm just saying that to a certain extent, I just, I never understand. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I, just, I don't want to ruffle like, any feathers. Like the selective... Like they're like you. You feel like there's a narrative trying to be. Yes, and yeah, there's uh, a narrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm 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 gonna I'm sorry I'm being long winded, but my issue with a lot of these with even even if we compare um injustices here in America to injustices in a, in cam uh, in Africa, my it, my biggest issue with corruption is that in most cases. Corruption is known by the people whose attention we're trying to get before we make it a hashtag. Okay. So locals, local enforcement, uh, leaders, policyholders, I think that 95% of the time they know about the issues we're going to protest about, complain about, and, you know, talk about before they even become public. Ahmaud Arbery was dead for about two months before he ever became a hashtag. The people in that city knew he had died. The cops in that city knew he had died. So I'm trying to figure out when these things go viral, because at the end of the day, we're, we think that they should go viral so that they could gain attention of the people who need to do things. Mm -hmm. They already knew. Yeah. They already knew. So what is this going viral doing? It's to me, it's just placing pressure on people, those people. And if those people are operating in good faith under pressure, will the problem ever be solved? No, it'll just keep propping back up. Right. Um, that's what usually happens. So that's why I feel like all these hashtags, all these Let's post about SARS every day. Let's post about all of this. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer and say that we shouldn't do it because I think that education is the first step to any type of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like, damn, we tools. Sometimes we don't even realize we're being tools to a stupid game that we will never win. Do you think that this is only gaining coverage because the like social media algorithms are allowing it to gain coverage. I, like, part is, of is me that, feels that is way. Is that what you're feel like? Cause technically this hashtag, whoa, technically this hashtag was created in, I think 2017. Yes, it was. This is not a new issue. Yeah, it's, it's not. So I don't know what, what I'm, we're obviously not on the ground there. So something must have happened um, that has made people more, I don't know, like, I'm not saying it's a, it's a conspiracy, right? but something must have happened where it is now more, okay, it's, it's palatable. Like, let them, let them hear about this hashtag. Let them hear about what's going on now. Like, right. this has never really been... I don't know. The timing is... I don't know. Like you brought up, SARS has... First of all, SARS has been in operation for like 20 years plus. 
Like, this is not a new organization. And they became, I believe, under fire the for the first time, like, like globally or publicly, like a few years ago in 2017. In 2017, like you said, my issue is that, um, dang, what was I, I, I lost my train of thought, but, um, they became popular a few years ago and then it died down and then it came back up again. So, and then the, 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 I think the president said he's disbanding SARS. He like a few weeks, I mean, a few days after the hashtag went super, super duper viral, he's like, he's disbanding it. And then he's like, but this is just the first step. But like, that's not going to solve the issue. Like, let's be serious. Um, they're still going to be out there doing the dirt. Exactly. They're still going to be doing. So that's, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just be like, yo, what is this all for? Like, what is this all for? I don't. And personally, like, I, I kind of, I felt like obligated to post about it, mm-hmm. but I haven't, even though I kind of feel an obligation to just ask somebody who is, you know, part Nigerian. But I just haven't posted about it because there's just so much, I don't know, there's just so much information out there that I don't, like, I feel like I wish I was more knowledgeable on everything that was going on. Right. And posting about it, it's just like, I don't, I don't even know if it's going to help. Like, like it's like, I'm sure it's a lot of white people that look at my story that are just going to run right by it. I'm sure it's black people who are Americans who are just going to run right by it. So it's like bringing awareness to it. I've obviously I've heard about it. Obviously you've heard about it. But what are people actually doing to affect change? That's the question. And and you brought up something. I'm talking about us that aren't in Nigeria. Obviously, there's people on the ground doing things. Right. I'm talking about us here. I just kind of feel helpless, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's a good feeling. What do you think social media protesting does? How do you think that helps the cause other than bringing awareness? Do you think there's any other benefit to social media protesting or social media spreading of an issue? Do I think there's a benefit? Yes, um, but I feel like there's, um, what's it called? Uh, not opportunity cost. But uh, diminishing returns, like after a certain point, um, shit kind of doesn't really do anything. Okay. You, you need more action. Um, I, like I'm not the type of person to post hashtags or anything like that, but obviously I see them. So, you know, they're spreading the awareness to people like me who aren't the type to post about um you know whatever's going on so i mean i think it it helps but at the same time you always have to do more there's not it doesn't stop on social media it is just right you're absolutely right i'm gonna give you a scenario um this week or earlier this week tiwa savage savage do you know her the artist yes yeah she called out beyonce and she mm. called out Beyonce because, as you know, Beyonce used several like Nigerian artists, even Cameroonian artists, and just African artists in general for Black is King. And she called her out for not posting 
about SARS. She said SARS was a huge issue, and she said you used all of us to do this magical, uh, this magical project, and you have been silent on this issue. And she said, please, I need you to bring awareness. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I definitely heard. I, I didn't hear about her in particular being mad about it, but I definitely saw social media posts from like regular everyday people, Africans, even non-Africans who were like, yo, yeah, Beyonce, you're just appropriating this culture and you're not doing anything when um, when shit gets deep or, or shit gets heavy, when shit isn't just beautiful. Um, I feel like it's not her responsibility. Um, I feel like it, I, I think she should, but at the same time, we don't know these people. They're, right. they're, they're celebrities that we've never met. People like to build up celebrities in their head and assume that they're going to do this or they're going to do that whenever a certain situation occurs. But we don't know these people, uh, you know, from, you know, like, doesn't matter the situation. Like, we don't know Tory Lanez. We don't know... We don't know Cardi B. We, we don't, don't know, know we them don't, personally. We, we don't know how they act when certain situations are going to arise. So I don't think it's... I don't... Personally, I don't think that she needed to post anything. Mm -hmm. She actually did post something. After. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if she had prepared to do that regardless. But, I mean, she posted something. And I saw people get mad at that because she posted about... I think she said that uh, she was providing money for, like, food... And like tents for the protesters. I don't think she said that. What it wasn't that? She released a statement. It was on. Um, she released a statement, but would you rather somebody actually be working behind the scenes or make a post about it? That's my only question for you. Like just generally, and like for the people listening too, would you rather somebody make a post about something or would you rather that person um spend time researching and actually donating funds to the cause that we're talking about? Um, Which one would you rather? I feel like, obviously, if you're actually donating the money, that matters more. But we're in 2020. We're in the social media age. We're in the time where people need to see... Like, people need to see you flexing. Like, even if the flex is... You donating money to a good cause. People want to know about the like. It's a flex to say that you provided money on social media to an organization. Like if you're just doing it behind the scenes, people 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 will ignore it sometimes. Like mm. they won't think it's as legitimate. Like you kind of have to pop your shit sometimes. It's, it's kind of messed up that that's the way it is. Right. But um, I feel like that's, you know, you got to be vocal and you got to be behind the scenes as well. I hate that because I think that sometimes, like, advocating for a cause like NSARS is not selling merchandise. So you don't want to be, like, on front street with it because this is something serious and it's something... Um, it's something very, like, it's, like I said, it's serious. So, like, you don't want to be on front street like, oh, I gave a million dollars to this cause or I gave this blah, blah, blah. I'm doing, you don't have to do all that because I feel like 
you shouldn't treat issues like this like merchandise. You're not selling a, a product. You're not selling a video. Um, so I understand why some people are are more hush about their advocacy. Um, because be let's be serious. Beyonce really doesn't share her life unless it's for uh, a random look. Or to sell something. She's not one of those people who's very active on social media daily. And she's always posting. If she was one of those people and never posted about this, then I could understand why you would have an issue. But she doesn't really comment on anything. She's not vocal. She's not an avid social media user. So I find it not surprising based on what she's shown us her character is. To believe that she would be working behind the scenes um, and trying to figure something out um, while not posting about it. I, I I don't feel like that. I do also understand Tiwa Savage though because I feel like you had all these Nigerian people because her Beyonce's publicist came out and was like, Everything doesn't have to be posted. Some people are doing research. Some people are making moves behind the scenes. I saw that. People were mad at her. Like, um, shut up. Yeah. Um, but I understood why people were frustrated because it's like you have resources that you just had in your Blackest King project. All of these people are Nigerian citizens. They know what's going on in Nigeria. The same way you picked up the phone to call them to be on your record, to be in your video, to be in your documentary, you could have picked up that same phone and said, hey, can you educate me on what's going on in Nigeria? Can you tell me what's happening? I get both sides of the coin, but I just feel like Beyonce is not somebody to publicize her, uh, her, you know, her her advocacy uh, donations or whatever. She yeah, she is extremely scripted. Like even if you hear Beyonce read, like sometimes it's like, yo, nah, I'm not trying to play Beyonce. But it's like if you hear her read sometimes, it's like, yo, are you are you are you having trouble? But <laughs> are you having trouble? No, like everything she does needs to be very scripted. It's like she's not an off the cuff person. So if she hears about something, I think she is the type of person who would need to take her time, right, and do her research and. And, and and figure out a plan to actually attack it. She can't just be the first to post on social media, right. hashtag NSARS, right. just because she's a big platform and just because it'll bring awareness. Like, what is awareness if people aren't taking action? If you're just going to say hashtag NSARS and not have any follow-up, what is that going to do? And maybe that's what she was thinking about. Maybe that's what she was... I'm you know. snapping with you because what what you just said is is Bible. What is awareness if if no action is going to be taken? I feel like that's what that's what we all should be asking ourselves because at the end of the day, awareness means nothing. And it's cool. Yes, it's great. Tell your followers, tell everybody you follow, but if that's not really going to make any change, then don't get mad at me for not doing it. What are you upset about? Like, even when it comes to racism in America, I remember when everybody was calling out white people on their timeline. If you don't post, your silence is a crime. Mm. My nigga, 
They could post and still treat black people like shit in real life. They could they could post about Black Lives Matter and still not have still not have a black person's phone number in their phone. They could post about Black Lives Matter and still not go to one protest, still not immerse themselves into any type of communities. Why are we asking for their help? Exactly. Yeah, people be like, why? Like, you're talking about social media. Um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. This is difficult. Doing a podcast. This is difficult. I I, I respect <laughs> I, I respect your consistency and your and your and your steadfastness. But what you were talking about, um, yeah, like you can't get mad at like white people or non-black people for not posting about certain things because. Yeah, like you said, they could be racist in person. Like it's not like I I would see people be like, um, you, you you're not mad you're not mad enough about white supremacy for me. All my white people, if you're really my friend and you're not posting about this, we're we're not cool anymore. I I see you. I see you posting about your natural like people get mad when people post about like they're out at the club or they're which you shouldn't be since it's COVID times. Or like when people just post everyday shit, people get mad at non-black people for that. But I don't think that you should be expecting a lot from white people. White people have been kind of fucked up for a long time. So it's like, why would they just change now just because you're pressuring them or and, you're trying to pressure them? And if they do change now... How trustworthy are they? Because I feel like a person should be moved personally by something, not because the, their timeline is threatening them and telling them that their silence means something. I want you to post because you want to post, not because you feel like you're going to lose my friendship if you're not going to post or I'm going to judge you because you're not going to post. Post because in your heart of hearts, that's how you feel, period. Mm -hmm. Period. And... Go ahead. Did you have something to say? Oh, nah, because a lot of posts aren't genuine. Right. They're, I feel like they're forced. They're for the weak. They are. And that's, like I said, I haven't posted about this SARS stuff. I haven't posted about the Anglophone crisis because I'm like, I don't even know if my audience, like, I don't, I don't know if they would care. I don't, like, I feel helpless, so how are they going to feel? Right. And I actually have some ties to the countries. Right. And I feel helpless. It's, it's, it's just, it's a conundrum. It's. But you know what? There could be people out there judging you because you're not posting, which is. I'm sure. Which sucks to me because it's like, you're actually bloodline to, to assume that you don't care because you're not posting is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like it's cr it makes no sense. But like I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And another thing about posting, I think that sometimes when these hashtags um for things become viral, I think they become especially for celebrities. I think that they become a PR stunt. And that pisses me off because I don't think that global issues, I don't think that corruption issues, issues of life or death should be your selling point. As a white celebrity or even as a black celebrity, I don't think that you should post something 
so that your likability stays at the forefront or stays at the top because people know nowadays you know when you don't post about something if you're kelly osborne if you're freaking jennifer aniston and you're not posting about black lives matter it's gonna be tons of people in your comments like you don't care da, 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 and your likability goes down i honestly think it's a pr strategy you need to post about black lives matter and that's sick to me because we're talking about life or death we're not talking about a campaign, but that's how some of these things are treated. Like NSARS, it's almost like you're not posting. Let me post about it so that my timeline thinks I'm rocking or no. I don't, I can't sense nobody's genuineness. That's my issue. Like, I don't know if you being real or fake. I don't know if you doing this to make sure your followers don't decrease and you keep your fan base. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell. Um, I personally am, am, I think I'm just gonna wait until I feel as if though I could be consistent with it because right. people aren't consistent with their posts. Right. People will post for a day, two days, and then it's back to normal. And it's like, is that really... Did you affect change or was it just for the moment? Right. So it's 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 hard trying to figure out what to do on social media now. What what's what's the right thing, if it even matters. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, a lot of people will say social media isn't real. I personally don't agree with that because it's like if you're if you're completely fake on social media, then you're just a fake person. Right. Right. But it's indicative of who you are. Yeah. But so I do feel like obviously social media is real, but um, I don't think that means you don't care just because you're not posting about something or, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to express every single feeling every single thought on your social media just because you feel pressured to. Right. I think that um, I I just feel like everything should come from the heart. And um, I'm happy that we have platforms in which information can spread at rapid rates. I just think that we need to be careful um, with the way that we expect people to continuously spread this information and we need to make sure that there's an end goal for the spread of this information because you know doing something to catch algorithms or doing something to follow the uh the wave of your timeline doesn't necessarily help the problem that you're posting about you know it doesn't um i know for i posted one post about um SARS, but it was not uh, inclu- exclusively about SARS. It was about all the countries in Africa that are dealing with issues. And I knew personally that I would not post anything about ending SARS alone. And like I told you earlier in the podcast, I felt some kind of way because I'm like, my country is dealing with some stuff and I know it's other countries. So when I saw this post where it was like all a whole bunch of African countries included and what they were doing with, I was like, you know what? I could share this because it's been a lot of stuff going on that's still going on other than SARS that just became popular on the internet um, that really require um, our attention. For example, this weekend, I think even yesterday, 
like seven kids in Kumba and Cameroon were murdered. I don't know if mm. you saw that, but they were killed. I think they were um they they got caught in the crossfire of um military and you know um I I I don't know who to call them. People in opposition to the Anglophone crisis or whatever the case may be. Well, I mean people for the Anglo Anglophone crisis, um, they got caught in the middle and they were killed. Um, I think 10, if I'm quoting this properly, 10 more of them were taken to the hospital. So shit is happening every day, yo. I, I know that that Cameroon news will never go viral. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on my timeline here and there with my Cameroonian family and friends, but it's not going viral. But I feel like it should. I would love for it to because that deserves just as much justification and just as much attention as, as any other issue. But I think the baseline is to just understand that there's tons of issues in this world. Left, mm-hmm. right, up, down. Mm-hmm. It's issues everywhere you look. So, I don't know. Like, black lives don't, like, the whole Black Lives Matter thing is 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 even worse if you're African. Because I feel like African lives don't matter. Um, like, black African lives really don't matter. Like, mm. it's just another number. Like, you could at least get a hashtag in America if you die. But if you're just a protester or just another name and you you know you're just another body in Africa like oh, for real. it's 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 nasty uh, it's like i said i kind of feel helpless cuz right posting about one situation you're leaving out 15 others just you know so it's like am i going to do this every single day right no i'm not right. i'm like just being honest like and not to be like dismissive, but it's like, no, I'm not going to do it every single day because I know that's not going to have the desired reaction that I want. It's not going to, it's not going to fix the world. Like I can only do so much. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel at least. Right. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe I should feel more empowered, like to, to change that I could change certain things, but it's like, I know my dad. You know, he's 60 with more means than me. He's he's trying to work on stuff to help in Cameroon and and whatnot. So it's like if if he's trying to help and shit is still terrible, what the fuck can I do? You know what I mean? That's how I be feeling because it's 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 nasty. Yeah, it is. And 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 to, to talk more about I feel like I sound like such a Debbie Downer or like such a pessimist. Um, even though I'm not, but like even America and Africa's relationship, like when you said black African lives don't matter, like America and Africa's relationship, they are the main culprit for how we are portrayed like globally, like, like we're such a rich continent, such a rich nation that for for centuries has been exposed and portrayed on the western hemisphere like savages like poor people like people who have nothing like people who are um disease struck and etc etc so you think i care about y'all hashtags about my country 
or about my parents' country, I don't trust y'all. I don't trust nothing you do. I don't I don't care about CNN posting about where were you? Where were you guys when you were posting help feed a child as if those were the only children that existed in Africa, kids who needed food. And you're not even taking care of the hungry kids in your own country. But you got the nerve to put African kids on your television screen from midnight to 6 a.m. every goddamn day. Like, I just don't understand. I don't, I have a hard time trusting them. I have a hard time trusting their information. I have a hard time trusting their algorithms because they run all this shit. Even, even in order for that NSARS uh, hashtag or, you know, pro online protest to go viral, these, the people in the background got to make it happen. If they don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. But they have to give way. And when they do give way or open the open the doors for that to become viral, I'm always wondering why. For what reason are you doing this? Why is it okay for this to be popular now? Why is it okay for everybody to know about this now? What type of gain is it doing for somebody? Yeah, like what ties do you have to the Nigerian government? Exactly. What, like, what, like what is what is going on behind the scenes? I would like to know. But um, yeah, those are the questions that need to be asked because I, I was kind of suspicious of it gaining so much traction so fast. Like, of course, you have to salute the youth and you have to salute young people who are on the ground fighting, but at the same time, you have to be like, okay, why is this just now happening? Like, what, what about this date is, is, is making it okay right. for, for this to be Absolutely. a thing? Absolutely. And the, the pre you think the president didn't know about SARS before he ended SARS? You think the president in Nigeria didn't know about SARS before we made it a hashtag? You can't, none of, none of us can be that silly to believe that this man did not know that SARS was doing illegal activity before we made it a hashtag. And I also think that it gives us false hope because it makes us think that we took, we had some kind of part in bringing about change when all he don't like is the publicity. He just don't like the publicity that is bringing or the attention, the microscope that is putting on him. That's the only reason why he's moving. It's not because he cares. It's because he don't like the he wants the microscope off him. And then here we here we are thinking, yes, we mm -hmm. made this possible. You posted, you posted, and this happened. And I feel like any change is gonna be temporary. He's just like right now. He's just like, yo, you niggas is too loud. Like I'm. Like, quiet down. So that's the only situation that's going on right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about where this, where all this, you know, alleged progress <clears throat> is going to end up in, in, in a few weeks even. Not even, not even months. Like, right. how, how is shit going to change in a few weeks? Like, is shit going to be different for real or... Is this was this just you know a flash in the pan, no, which it, it probably is, right? It probably is, right? And and guess what? If the issue still persists, and some people are trying to be vocal about it, 
if those algorithm folk don't want it to become a global national crisis, it won't be. It's not going to make it to our timelines. And SARS just kind of sounds like kind of fly compared to other crises. <laughs> like NSARS is just like, ain't that the disease? Bruh, like, I was like, you know what? what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, yo, wow, that you know, the Chinese people came out with another disease. Like, it's COVID, it's <laughs> SARS, it's, it's, yeah, hashtag NSARS. They're running I'm, the game right now. Yeah, people are like, I don't want to catch it. NSARS, like, they don't even know what's going on. They're just... They just see NSARS and it's... No, seriously. Seriously. Well, this was like a really good talk. This was like a... I feel like I purged. <laughs> yeah, you definitely vented. <laughs> I feel like I purged, but um, this was a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on the This Is 30 podcast. I am very happy that you uh, hit me up to be here. So, thank you. No problem. It's my pleasure. Um, tell the people where they can listen to your podcast at. Tell, remind them of the name and where they can listen to it. Yes. Um, if I didn't embarrass myself too much on this podcast, <laughs> check me out. Uh, unemployable. That's U N. I don't even know how to spell it. I'm just playing. It's U N E M P L O P L O Y A B U L L unemployable like bullshit so yeah i'm talking my bullshit um that's a long name you can find it it is unemployable but if you know how to spell you you understand what i'm saying it's on um itunes i mean apple podcast sorry apple podcast spotify soundcloud and i do i do episodes every tuesday Every oh, Tuesday. so we're Monday, you Tuesday, so your week is really set. Like, you could do This Is 30 Monday, you do Unemployable Tuesday, and whatever else comes around for the rest of the week. Um, whatever else comes around. But to all of you listening, thank you so much for listening to This Is 30 Podcast. Make sure you remember to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend their cousin their mom their sister their brother their auntie to listen subscribe like share the this is 30 podcast and the unemployable podcast as well um we will see you next monday peace out peace